The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today, I'm going to share with you something that happened to me this morning, okay? And I don't have a name for these kinds of experiences, but sometimes you experience something in physical reality, which then, based on your mindset, uh, gets translated into an allegory for some uh, insight or some uh, conceptual point that you uh, had been uh, primed to see. And that's what happened. First, there are three pieces of background information. Okay, the first piece of background information is that I, as listeners to this podcast know, I suffer from insomnia. And most of the time that insomnia presents itself uh, in the form of waking up in the middle of the night and then not being able to fall asleep again. Usually I don't have a hard time falling asleep. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, background information is that I, because of my insomnia, I purchased uh, an Aura Ring, which is a sleep tracking device. I, I got this uh, this past January, and uh, it allows me to see what the quality of my sleep is, how much sleep I got, what my sleep stages were, my blood oxygen, my body temperature, all this other stuff, and then use that data to make decisions and to be more on top of my sleep habits. So uh, that, and I check my Aura Ring when I wake up uh, every morning, uh, my Aura Ring app. Uh, and then the third piece of background information is, generally speaking, my preferred morning routine is to wake up at 6 o'clock. Again, this is presuming that there's time and it works out with tefillah, etc. But waking up, right now I can do it, waking up at 6 o'clock, um, uh, reading, having my designated uh, reading time before I access any of my devices uh, and, and uh, connect to the outside world, uh, ideally meditation. And then davening. Okay, sometimes I have to do davening then meditation, depending on what time uh, sunrise is. So, uh, so this morning, I so here's what happened. Okay, so uh, last night uh, I went to sleep at my usual time, uh, like ten thirty, uh, and uh, I was startled awake at eleven. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what startled me awake, but I was startled awake, which is not ideal because uh, you know <laughs> I kind of like used up my uh, my desire to fall asleep. Uh, and I knew that, oh no, I'm probably gonna be up for a little while. And so I read for a little while and then I eventually did get to sleep. And then in the morning I woke up this morning, I woke up and, uh, I checked my aura ring app and I wanted to see whether any sleep registered at all from that first half hour. Uh, so I flipped on the aura ring app to yesterday. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I saw today that it did not register. So then I flipped to yesterday. Sure enough, it registered it as relaxation, not as uh, sleep. Okay, I was like, okay, fine. So then I went about my morning. I uh, I read uh, the two books I read this morning were um, one book I really want to talk about, and I am going to read from today. I've just been bursting with ideas from this book. It's called Four Thousand Weeks: Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. Uh, I'm going to refrain from talking about it now because if I talk about it now, the whole episode is going to be about it. So I read that. And then the other thing I read, <laughs> quote unquote, read was Midrash Brishis Rava, a uh, collection of Midrashim in preparation for a couple shirim and areas that I'm working on. Uh, okay, then uh, time came for my meditation. Okay, and I had planned to do 10 minutes of meditation um, before davening. So I open uh, whenever I meditate, I use my Aura Ring app and I use their timer. Okay, because it also will register uh, heightened. Uh, it'll switch on heightened uh, body metrics while I'm meditating. Okay, so. I go to the um, I go to the app, and for some reason, I can't click on the meditation option. It's grayed out, like I can't uh, press it, you know. And it's frustrating me. And uh, 
and like I, I, I like I, I'm perplexed, you know. And then finally, I realized, oh, what happened? I had checked yesterday's uh, yesterday's metrics, so I was trying to click add meditation to yesterday, okay, uh, which you obviously can't do because yesterday is gone. So then I switched back to today, and I was able to meditate uh, uh, properly. I was able to you know use the option on the app, okay. So what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> so at the very beginning of my meditation, it struck me that this is a metaphor for what I just read. Okay, my mind was primed for this. So one of the things I just read uh, in Berkman's book is as follows. This is on pages uh, 135 to 136. He says, our obsession with extracting the greatest future value out of our limited, sorry, out of our time blinds us to the reality that in fact, the moment of truth is always now that life is nothing but a succession of present moments culminating in death, and that you'll probably never get to a point where you feel you have things in perfect working order, and that therefore you had better stop postponing the quote-unquote real meaning of your existence into the future and throw yourself into life now. All right, now that was in the context of a chapter about, um, about being present and about how the effort to be present itself thwarts the effort to be present and all that other stuff. I'm not going to go into the context, but that idea that our, our lives are a um, succession of present moments and that we don't actually have the future in our grasp um, reminded me of a passage in Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. This is in Meditations Book 2, Chapter 14. He says, Even were you about to live 3,000 years or thrice 10,000, nevertheless, remember this, that no one loses any other life than this which he is living, nor lives any other than this which he is losing. Thus, thus the longest and shortest come to the same thing. For the present is equal to all, and what is passing is therefore equal. Thus, what is being lost is proved to be barely a moment. For a man could lose neither past nor future. How can one rob him of what he has not got? Always remember then these two things. One, that all things from everlasting are of the same kind and are in rotation, and it matters nothing whether it will be for a hundred years or for two hundred years or for an infinite time that a man shall behold the same spectacle. The other, that the longest lived and the second uh, and the soonest to die have an equal loss, for it is the present alone of which either will be deprived. Since, as we saw, this is all he has, and a man does not lose what he has not got. So to summarize Marcus Aurelius' main point here, there's past, present, and future. But the only thing you have is the present, okay? The past is gone and is is fixed. You cannot change it anymore. And the future is not something within your within your uh, graph. You don't know that you're going to have that future. So really, all you have is the present. So I was immediately confronted. I was immediately uh, confronted with the fact that what had I tried to do? You know, because I made this mistake on the app. I was trying to. I was trying to have yesterday's present. In fact, more than that. In meditation, in trying to be present, I was trying to be present yesterday, okay, and being confronted with the physical evidence that I can't enter that into my app, I can't, I can't, I can't have been present yesterday because I used up yesterday already, okay, and just, that's what I mean by like a, a, a physical uh, analogy to an ideational uh, insight that I had here, and it's like, of course, I can't go back to yesterday and, and, and I can't have meditated yesterday, I can't change the past, it's not there. And then I had this epiphany, okay, that, that once I associated to this Marcus Aurelius uh, passage, that he's saying that the past 
and the future have something in common. Okay, they are different because the past is locked into place and the future is only in potential. Okay, but what they have in common is you don't own either of them. None of them are yours. The only thing that is yours is the present moment. And that caused me to associate to a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, which we've quoted before. Uh, this is in Pirkei Avos 2.4. Uh, do not say when I am free, I will learn because maybe you will not be free. And Rabbeinu Yonah, I mean, there are a lot of the Mepharshim say good stuff on this, but I'll just quote Rabbeinu Yonah here. Don't say when I'm free, I will learn. Maybe you won't be free. You don't know what the day will bring. Uh, and maybe tomorrow they'll summon you. Uh, uh, because new things, uh, uh, are going to come up. They're going to tell you about new things. I don't know what the, the they is. And you have to go on, on, uh, I think this is in a greater context here, uh, probably in terms of a uh, business and you have to go on, on their ways. There is no end to the new things that come up every day. And ter- consequently, you'll exit the world without Torah. Ella ase toraska keva umalatka arai. Therefore, you must make your Torah fixed and your work secondary. Okay, that was the context. Yeah, so he is talking about work. So I think I had always thought about this idea of, uh, of you know, don't say I will learn when I'm free because maybe you won't have free time. I think I always learned that in the sense, and this is going to be hard for me to express, I, I think I always learned that in the sense of like statistical probability. In other words, if you're banking on the fact that you'll learn tomorrow or you'll learn in the future or I'll, I'll retire and then I'll learn, you know, or I'll get to the point in my career where I can like set aside time for learning. So that's a, that, that's uh, that, that's fallacious thinking. You, you don't know that you're going to have that time. So so the main thing is to be kovea itim latora now. It's established time where you can learn right now. Okay, but but I had never thought about comparing the future to the past in the sense that Oliver Berkman and Marcus Aurelius are talking about, which is that they are both not something that you actually have. It is it is not in your grasp. The present is the only thing that is in your grasp, and 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 here's the, here's the key point. Just as it is irrational to open the app of your life and say, I want to have been present yesterday. I want to have meditated yesterday. I want to have learned yesterday, right? You can't go back and insert an hour of learning into yesterday's schedule. That's how you should relate to the future as well. I cannot, with any sort of definitiveness or, or, or assurance, I cannot schedule learning into the future in a way that will be reliable. Certainly, it makes sense to plan for it. Who is wise, one who sees the future. But you can't, it's not in your grasp. It's not something that you have, okay? And something about the the comparison between the inability to alter the past and the uncertainty about altering the future and therefore only focusing on the present uh, that to me was a revelation. Uh, uh, again, I, it's not a revelation in the sense of, of a new practical insight. Like if you say, well, what's the nafkamina? What, what's the new practical insight that emerges from this? I don't think I could say, or at least I can't say quite yet, but it, it, it impacted me in another way because I think I used to think of the past and the future as almost opposites, that the future is pure potentiality and the past is pure actuality. And the present is when you can, make the decision to actualize something. But what 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 uh, these sources are all saying is that that uh, that the the past is <laughs> is not let me think how to put it. The past is immutable potential. Okay. In other words, it was potential, 
but is now frozen because you've already actualized it. And the future is also potential. Okay. Uh, that is without, that is outside of your grasp. Okay. Not immutable, but, but something that is, um, oh, there's gotta be a word for this. Something that is, um, uh, indeterminate, right. In the sense that you can't determine what it is. Um, so, so the past is indeterminate potential and the future is indeterminate potential past is indeterminate potential potential because it's already been, um, it's indeterminate in the sense that it has already been determined and the future is indeterminate in the sense that you can't, uh, it's not yours, right? You don't know what's going to happen. So the present is the only determinate is the only thing that can be determinable. And therefore you have to seize the present. And the best way to do that is to structure your day in which you will have the greatest odds of being able to be present, which is being Kovea Itim Torah, which is designating times that you are going to devote to learning. And I'd say that this is not just about learning. I mean, I know the Mishnah in Avos was talking about learning. It's it's uh, it's about Torah. It's about all, it's about mitzvot, it's about tzedakah, it's about development, it's about all these things. And you have to, uh, you have to seize that, uh, the present moment. Again, all these insights, you know, some of the, the most profound insights are going to end up sounding trite, right? Uh, but it, it, you, it, it's, it's how they impact you that is, uh, that is going to actually uh, make the difference between, between a cliche and like a profound life-altering truth. Um, and so uh, I hope <laughs> Even though you didn't have this experience, I hope that me relating my experience uh, can uh, can help you to internalize uh, this idea. Okay, that's all uh, we have for today. Um, reminder that I have uh, started a new Substack, uh, com, where you can find writing, which... <laughs> I hope, okay, I, the future's not mine. Uh, I hope I will be able to write throughout the year. I, in fact, I just wrote a blog post, or not, I, I gotta get out of the habit of saying blog post. I wrote a one-page article on a question uh, that came up in Davening. I actually addressed this in my Q&A on this past Friday, uh, which is, uh, who is the Aleinu in Simshalom, right? When you say, uh, ask God to have, uh, bring peace upon us and all Israel. Well, us is not all Israel, so who is us? So if you're interested in that one-page article, you can check it out there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it uh, for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss and my Zelle and PayPal are matchschneeweiss at gmail.com. Uh, distracting sound outside. Uh, even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to, to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas.gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.